Chapter Twelve of the Outdoor Chums in the Big Woods. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Outdoor Chums in the Big Woods by Captain Quincy Allen. Chapter Twelve. Bluff takes a hand. A great load seemed lifted from Frank's mind. With the coming of the lumberman, he had good reason to believe things would brighten up. For one thing, he was pleased to see that Mr. Darrell carried a rifle, which he was holding in a half-threatening manner as he advanced. "'Oh, here's where we get busy right away,' Bluff was heard to mutter. "'Now things are going to look different,' Jerry added with considerable satisfaction. Frank looked deeper than the surface. He saw that the lumberman was alone. There are three of the sportsmen, Frank told himself, and each carries a gun. Mr. Darrell wouldn't be able to manage the bunch if they started to get ugly. We ought to be able to lend a hand. He did not think it advisable to go toward the cabin himself, but that was no reason someone else might not make the attempt. Bluff, he whispered, for it happened that the other was close by his elbow. What is it? Try and make your way to the cabin without attracting their attention. To get my gun? Yes, and fetch mine along, too. Careful now, and if you see them watching you, stand still and appear innocent. Hardly had Frank spoken the last word before Bluff was in motion. Other things chained Frank's attention just then. Mr. Darrell had walked forward until he was now not more than thirty feet from the boys and Bill Nackerson's crowd. It might be said that they formed a triangle of which the lumberman was the apex and the boys formed one of the base corners Frank knew that mr. Darrell was acquainted with Nackerson when they had told him about the trouble on the train the lumberman related some differences He had once had with the sportsman who had been coming to the main woods for a good many years The sight of mr. Darrell had been anything but agreeable to the bully when he saw, however, that the lumberman seemed to be unattended, the old look of anger came back to his face. "'Just keep your hands out of my business, Darrell,' he said threateningly. "'This is no affair of yours, and I don't want to have any trouble with you.' "'Well, that's what you will have, Bill Nackerson,' replied the lumberman calmly, "'if you go to bothering these boys, who are good friends of mine.' "'Oh, you don't say,' sneered the other. Frank was of the opinion that it was Nackerson's intention to egg the lumberman on until finally they might come to blows, when his superior weight and muscle would give him an easy victory, he thought. "'What's all this I hear about your accusing them of hurting your dog?' demanded the newcomer, who may have heard only fragments of the talk as he was coming up. "'Look at that poor brute and see how his nose has been treated,' roared the bully, trying to work himself up into another passion. Well, it is hurt some, I can see, replied Mr. Darrell. Didn't I hear Frank Langdon here explain it was done by some animal the dog had tried to dig out of its burrow? Yes, sir, spoke up Jerry, eager to get in a word of explanation. And over there's where the dog was digging when first we noticed him. Then all at once he gave out a lot of yelps and took to his heels. Frank said he had been nipped on the nose by the animal, which he thought must be a savage old mink, and that's all any of us know about it. You didn't touch a hair of his dog then asked the lumberman why none of us was within thirty or forty feet of him at any time Replied the indignant Jerry 
How about throwing a stone at him continued mr. Darrell as though meaning to have a thorough understanding of the whole matter once and for all I Give you my word sir. Not one of us even picked up a stone answered Jerry of course when we saw how funny the dog looked running with his tail between his legs as he let out those queer yelps we may have laughed anybody would have done that mr darrell and shouted in the bargain too added will you hear what these lads say again nackerson resumed the owner of the lumber run camp as he once more wheeled and faced the three sportsmen with the dog cowering at their feet rubbing at his injured muzzle and whimpering oh they gave us that song before but we knew they were lying declared the other boys never tell the truth they'll beat around the bush every time i know just as sure as i'm standing here that they did something to my dog on the train they tried to break his back by upsetting a heavy pack on him and i've about made up my mind to show them they're barking up the wrong tree if they think they can play their monkey shines on bill nackerson i heard all about that incident of the smoker nackerson mr darrell told him sternly and they assured me they had no hand in your dog's hurt he upset the pack on himself by squirming around and getting his rope caught in it bah tell that to the marines snarled the other now looking dangerously ugly so that frank felt a great relief when he discovered out of the tail of his eye that bluff was slipping from the cabin door and that he carried both guns given half a minute more and they would not feel they were an inferior force fortunately neither of the men with the bully had noticed what bluff was doing well said mr darrell you don't think i'll stand here and see you lay a finger on any one of these boys without protesting do you i'd advise you to keep out of this mess mr darrell continued the other i'm not the man to be interfered with once they get me riled up and both of my friends here are going to stand back of me so don't you try to raise that gun of yours or somebody will get hurt that's so mr nackerson chimed in another voice just then and the first one to feel it will be you frank knew it was bluff who made this assertion he could see that the other had leaned one gun against the tree and was leveling his own weapon straight at the intruder neither of the other men made the slightest movement they seemed to think that as nackerson had brought all this trouble on them he should stand for it frank started toward bluff for he wanted to get his hands on his own rifle hold on there you young fool that gun might go off exclaimed the sportsman showing extreme nervousness for he did not know what a reckless boy might be tempted to do i expected to unless you clear out of this retorted bluff true to his name for such a thing as actually firing was far from his thoughts though as a last resort he would have been capable of it this seemed like adding insult to injury in the eyes of the bully it was bad enough to be baffled when bent upon carrying out his plan through brute strength but to be ordered away by a mere boy galled him by now frank had slipped behind bluff so as not to distract his attention and snatched up his own rifle nackerson must have realized that the tide had changed and was now setting heavily against him you'll all be sorry for this see if you ain't he growled for somehow that is always the threat of a defeated man well i advise you to clear out while you have the chance nackerson the lumberman told him perhaps more than a little pleased to see how ably the boys could look out for themselves are you going to stand back of me or not whalen snarled the big sportsman not daring to make a hostile move himself while bluff was holding that gun leveled at him the man he addressed gave a nervous little laugh well we would bill he went on to say 
if we thought you had a clean bill but it strikes us both that in this affair you're away off your trolley these boys didn't have anything to do with the hurts of the dog they say and we can't prove they did so we'd best clear out good for you whalen remarked darrell and let me say right now that if there's any suspicious business attempted while you're up here in this section of the big woods you're apt to get a pack of my lumberjacks hot on your trail you'd better go slow about what you do they'd as soon give you a coat of tar and feathers as not whalen did not make any answer apparently he and his companion felt ashamed of being caught in association with the bully seeing that he was deserted by his friends nackerson realized that there was now nothing left for him to do but to give up he was a hard loser frank saw as he noted the muscles of the man's face working oh i'm going to clear out mr darrell he said trying to speak contemptuously there are times when it's policy to knuckle down this is one of them i reckon but bill nackerson doesn't throw up the sponge as easy as all that just wait you or these young cubs here may be sorry for this be careful how you make threats nackerson warned the lumberman they may be brought home to you later on if anything does happen to these boys here oh i'm not threatening the other hastened to say that's something i always try to keep from doing and i want you to know it but all the same you may think of this time and be sorry you rubbed it in so hard that's all come along bill urged the man called whalen as though fearing that unless they got their boisterous companion moving he might bring matters to an open rupture yet sure i'll go with you cast whalen even if you have deserted a pal when he was up against it i won't forget that either i've got a long memory for such things i have and mark me mr darrell i'll often see this hour again as i think of how you insulted me that's all i've got to say he wheeled in his tracks gave a kick at his dog that started the poor beast to yelping again and the party moved off leaving the chums and mr darrell exchanging looks of unbounded relief end of chapter twelve